Welcome to the Readings and Ramblings podcast, where we ramble about the Bible and the books we're reading, all from a Christian worldview. We're your hosts, Janice Jones and Shanna Vera, and we invite you to journey with us in our thoughts and exchange of ideas. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire you to read and grow in faith with friends. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Readings and Ramblings podcast. I am Janice Gentles-Jones. And I'm I... With... Oops, sorry. I was about to cut you <laughs> off. I'm excited to say my name. I'm Shanna Mira. <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight. We're so glad that you're listening and join, you've joined us this um, this episode. We're still we're still um, going through North and South, which we are are loving right now, and can't wait to start talking about that. We are going we, we're going speedily through it, which wasn't the we? plan. We're supposed to go slowly. I know. I feel <laughs> like the the how many licks does it take to get to the tootsie pop? And I'm like one, two, three. <laughs> It's like, okay, so. let's read let's read the first eleven chapters and then the following week was like, okay, let's read twenties, you know. <laughs> no, we didn't go that bad, but yep. usually before we were doing like, you know, five or six chapters. We're like eleven and twelve chapters with They go book. down easy, I feel like. Some books it's like you can't read that many chapters. This one though, I'm like it's one of those books I feel like you could have probably finished it in a weekend if you were allowed to. <laughs> See, I think opposite. I think like there's really? so much. I felt like there was, this is a first read for me, but I felt like there was so, there is so much that I want to catch and understand. Maybe that's the problem. I've read it before. So as I'm yeah. going, I'm like, oh, I remember this. Oh, I know what's oh. happening next. And like, I just yes. want to keep going. So that's oh, probably okay. what makes the difference. For me, I'm like trying to like, okay, what does this mean? What is the significance of this? Oh my, what does she think? You know, so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've been on this chapter for a long time. I'm just going to move on and um, <laughs> come back to this on a second read. <laughs> so, um, so we'll talk about that a little later, but usually what we do at the beginning of uh, the podcast is just share something that we've been reading that just kind of struck our attention. Yes. So and, um, do you have you go? Oh, I was going to say do you have one? All right, I can I go do. first. Go. Yeah. All right. Um so I am reading a actually I'm not reading it. I'm listening to an audiobook. <laughs> it's called <laughs> What I Learned in Narnia by Douglas Wilson and um, I decided I want to go through the Chronicles of Narnia the whole series with my boys. Yep. But I wanted to feel prepared so we get everything out of it that we can. So I noticed there's several people who have written books about reading the Chronicles of Narnia, which is kind of funny to read a book about reading a book. But <laughs> I'm actually really enjoying it, and I feel like yeah. I've learned a lot. So yes. I'm going to share one of the quotes that I read from the book. Perfect. This is one of the oldest tricks in the book for sinful leaders. Once you get into power, take whatever you can from people, but all in the name of higher good. This higher good may be God or patriotism or humanistic brotherhood or democracy, but what all such power abusers really want is more power for themselves. Mm. Isn't that the truth, though? It really is. No matter is. what, I mean, it doesn't even matter whether it was, you know, a time period in the BC, a time period after Christ, you know, a modern time period. I mean, when you look at when you're reading you through history, 
and yeah. even looking at current news yeah. and you're just seeing it. You're seeing it everywhere that like, Oh my goodness, that doesn't change. And it's really interesting. This guy, Douglas Wilson, he was able to kind of go through the entire series and point out how um, C.S. Lewis uses all these characters to cover all the basics of humanity, basically. Like, everything mm. you're going to come in contact with, everything you'll ever deal with, he covers it in these books. And it's so mm. interesting because reading it, and I've read the entire series as a kid, I don't really think I dwelled on any of these high points. And this guy is like, I've learned everything from C.S. Lewis. And I'm like, <laughs> huh, I think I need to read it again. <laughs> so... But it's been so good, and he's pulled out so many things that are just so true, even about myself, that I don't think I've recognized. And one of the things was you cannot be prideful and not be a liar. And I was Mm. like, huh, that can't be true. That can't be true. But when I actually thought about it, it is true. I mean, every time I've struggled with being truthful, it's usually to protect either my character or right. something I've done, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, anytime I've struggled with being honest, it's always it's over pride. pride, whether yeah. it's my children, myself, you know, anything. Yeah. It's it's yeah. definitely a pride issue. It's and I was human. like, I had to stop the book and think about it. And I was like, oh, he's right. <laughs> oh, and you notice my- people – that are very prideful are usually people – I mean because I've dealt with a lot of liars in my life, I have to say. Oh, and yeah. I'll, I feel like people who struggle with pride are usually liars. And yeah. I, I really had to think through it and I was like, this guy is spot on. So it was interesting. Hmm. Now I have to um, – at the end of the podcast, I'm going to ask you to text me that name of the book. Say it again. <laughs> it was called <laughs> What I Learned in Narnia. What I Learned in Narnia. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Um, I, you know, I would be willing to, you know, add it on to our long list of books to read. Look, we could do this podcast for years. Put <laughs> <laughs> all the books out there, but I would love to read Narnia again. Yeah. Um, honestly, I didn't read the book. I haven't read the book. I've watched the movie. Okay. The only book that I did read was The Magician's Nephew. And um, I think that was it. I did read The Magician's Nephew. But I don't think I've read um, any of the books, but I have watched the movies. So, so all – I mean it's – obviously it's a chronicle. So obviously yeah. they all go together. But I find that – or I found that I enjoyed the books. Like there were some books that I didn't really care for. But yeah. once you're reading other books, you're like, oh, I kind of needed to know that because it gives a little backstory to this character or it gives you a better yeah. understanding. So even the books that I wasn't like, wow, this is so good. Like obviously The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was fantastic. But some of the yes. other books I remember, they were kind of slow going. But as you go through it, you're like, oh, I needed to know that because that kind of helps me to understand who that person is. Or you're like, oh, yes. I know that character and I know their backstory, you know? Yes, that's true. Oh, you know what? I did that's, um, I did read The Horse and the Boy. Okay. That's, I think that's part of, I think that's one it of is, the ones it too, is. right? Yeah. It's actually one of the ones I kind of remember and I didn't really care for. But um, once again, it's, it's like characters and stuff you kind of need to know. To know, so. yeah. I, you know, it's interesting because um, while you're doing that on Narnia, I'm also doing, uh, I'm doing a deep dive into understanding fairy tales. And sometimes it's like, in, in learning like what we're doing, 
it makes reading so much better and so much fun to me because it's it's like when you have that better understanding, like what you're saying, you're doing the pre-reading for yeah. Narnia. Yeah. So when you read it, you're going to be like, oh, I see it. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, know? my kids are probably going to be so annoyed and be like, can you just stop talking about it and just read the book, lady? But... This is who I, I am. <laughs> no, but you know, it, it, it's, but you know what I think our, I hope I could be wrong, but I hope that our enthusiasm, you know, kind of just encourages them, you know, to want to, to like, it. even if they don't love it, maybe like it a little bit more because of the enthusiasm that we have. And we have that enthusiasm because of our age and experience, I think that we're able to look and read and understand some of these things. I haven't been able to see that actually with my boys. There's been, and somebody's made a comment to me. They were like, whenever your boys are at a place where there's books, that's where you'll find them. And I'm like, they do. They just, they're drawn to books. And it might be because I'm a little bit crazy about books and like, you know, we go to Goodwill and I'm like, where's the book section? You know, it's like we go to any type of store and I'm like, oh, look, they have books here, you know, and that's where I I get drawn to. But I've noticed now the boys kind of do it, too. And it's so cute. And they'll just take out books and they'll sit there and they don't want to move on. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I wish like I'm the only person who likes to read in my family. Oh, like they read because they, you know, if you know, for school, but not because they want to. So I'm like, wow. But anyway, I hope I hope that will one day change. I don't know. Well, if we'll will, see if they grow with it. I don't know. I mean, I, right now they're still little, so. Yeah, um, but anything is. I think in. But it was interesting because we were uh, we were talking about the elements of a fairy tale today, and so it was so it was interesting because we, um. Uh, it was brought up how we just we just finished reading Black Ships of Troy and and. And we were like seeing, oh, you know, even though that's a Greek myth, there's many elements of a fairy tale inside of it. And it Mm -hmm. was like fun just trying to, even though we had finished the book and never really thought about it, it was fun going back and thinking about the story and say, oh my goodness, besides these two things, it actually fits the mold of a fairy tale. So anyway, um, my quote, (laughs) your story got, I'm sorry, I I, I, I was going to say I got us off track there. Let's see, but you know, you and I can talk forever. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> my quote is a very, I'm actually reading The Princess and the Goblin. Have you ever read that? So I haven't, but a friend of mine highly recommended it for, for my oldest. And he read it and said it was really good. Apparently uh, that author wrote a bunch of good books. So if you yes. like that one, there's many more. Yes, I have his whole, I have his complete, um, his complete works for 99 cents on the Kindle. Wow. <laughs> it has every one of his works. And actually, George McDonald's was, uh, George McDonald is his name. Um, and he, if you read CSS, C.S. Lewis's history, it was George McDonald's books that actually kind of led him on the path to Christianity. Oh, wow. You know, he said it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, reasonable rational you know um not rational it wasn't like you know logical statements or you know debates on you know apologetics it was really reading um george mcdonald's books that kind of opened up his eyes to christianity wow so it made me curious about this george mcdonald's yeah and i decided to read the princess and the pea but what i love and not all a dish the print not the princess and the pea the princess and the goblin (laughs) 
<laughs> I think there is a princess and a fairy. There is. It's a fairy tale. <laughs> very good. A fairy We're back tale. on our fairy tales. <laughs> but the, I noticed that this is not in all editions of the princess and the goblin, but I love this. So it says, there was once a little princess who, right? And then in parentheses, in italics, there's someone else talking and saying, but Mr. Arthur, why do you always write about princesses? And he says, because every little girl is a princess and you will make them vain if you tell them that, not if they understand what I mean. Then what do you mean? What, what do you mean by a princess? He says, the daughter of a king. And she said, very well, then every little girl is a princess and there would be no need to say anything about it, except that she's always in danger of forgetting her rank and behaving as if she has grown out of the mud. I have seen little princesses behave like the children of thieves and lion beggars, and that is why they need to be told that they are princesses. And that is why when I tell a story of this kind, I like to tell it about a princess. Then I can say better what I mean because I can then give her every beautiful thing I want her to have. And so the little girl says, please go on. I love it because I think about us. Mm -hmm. You know, we are princes in terms of Jesus is our king, Mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes we don't act like princes. No. No, We do act like we're, you know. Children of thieves. (laughs) These have been lying beggars, right? Yeah. And sometimes you just need to be reminded that, yeah, you are, it's not the Disney princess. It's not even like yeah. the Disney type princess. This is a princess like, yeah, if Jesus is king and I'm his, I'm his heir, mm-hmm. then wouldn't I be a princess? Yeah. You know, yep. and wouldn't our boys be prince, mm-hmm. you know? So yep. it's like, I love that. So I'm like, wow, why did they take that out of some of the editions? But I highlight, I'm putting it in my commonplace book because I thought it was a nice reminder that I too am a princess of a yep. king. That's so cute. I am yeah. royalty. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that. Yeah, but. me too. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll tell you how it goes. If I, I have the audiobook for... For I, what I did, which was not good, was that I I couldn't sleep last night, so I woke up and I put the audiobook on, but uh, I put the sleep timer on, and I think I missed most of the story, so I have to go back and kind of listen. I hate when that happens, and I'm like, what do I remember last? <laughs> I remembered nothing. Yep. So, <laughs> although it's kind of a good thing because then you know you slept. <laughs> Exactly, but I didn't get anything from the book except for yeah. that there was a cave and there were some goblins in the cave, and that's all I remember. So, that's so funny. I'm like, okay, I'll be reading that again. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so we're before we start with our northern study, northern study, north and south. I can't talk today, but our north and south. Um, we at this point we usually talk about something from scripture. And so this week I was thinking as I was reading through some of the things that was happening in North and South, I was thinking about Cain and Abel's story uh, where um, I was thinking about Cain and Abel's story. And then I was also thinking about Jesus in the New Testament. And for the Cain and Abel story, we know that, you know, these are the children of Adam and Eve. And we know, we don't know much about them beyond that. Um, God was pleased with Abel's uh, gifts, mm-hmm. and and he made that known 
and he was not he was not pleased with Cain's mm-hmm. uh, offerings to him, and he made that known. And Cain became jealous of Abel because of that, and killed Abel. And when God came through the garden, or when not the garden, but when God came in the afternoon to, he said to Cain, uh, you know, where's your brother? And, you know, Cain responded, am I my brother's keeper? Mm-hmm. You know, and it made me think of, that's a, that's it. It seems like a simple, a simple question, but there is a lot of complexity in that. Even just, even if you apply that just in any circumstance, what does it mean to be my brother's keeper? You know, and maybe in that, maybe in uh, Genesis, it was just, you know, he was just asking a question to be, I don't know what, what he was trying to be <laughs> to God. It just, it's just fascinating to me because, you know, uh, they know God more, you know, probably seen God and, or just, you know, they're closer to God in yeah. that, in, you know, in that time period. And for him to, to be like, am I, you know, am I my brother's keeper? You know, it just, it's, it's still a question that we still ask today. I think about, you know, when, well, like what when is our responsibility our as a Christian, to, yes, you know, to others. am I exactly. responsible for him? You know, when, right. when God pricks your heart and you feel like, what have I done lately to do anything? You know, then you yeah. ask yourself, well, is it really my responsibility? Does it, is it fall exactly. on me to have to take care to of help. this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so it's like, it's a, it's still, a, it's still a question that, you know, that we struggle with, you know, what is our role to our fellow, you know, to, to each other. <clears throat> and I think that it's, you know, when we start talking about North and South, there is that, that there is that piece of it where it's like, what is our role to, what is our role for each other to each other? Yeah. You know, how do we help each other? How do we help our neighbors? And, and we see that like Margaret being brought up in a church has like it's our responsibility to mankind like we are all equals we were all created equal by god and she does talk about that how you know these are god's creations so we have to treat them with dignity and respect like any man deserves and she doesn't understand the rank system she doesn't understand master versus worker she can't comprehend these relationships because she sees everybody as human And so she's in a place where these people don't know how to treat each other. You know, workers are not being respectful to their masters and masters are not being respectful to their workers. And she she doesn't know how to fix it, but she sees it as being wrong, how everybody's interacting with each other. And she thinks, oh, if everybody sat down and just talked about it, we could all fix this, you know. (laughs) And, you know, it's so interesting that you said that um, because it's like sometimes I – I, I think a lot about this. It's like if we all if we all just really followed the Bible and just you know truly believe that you know who who God is, who Jesus is, and you know, and if we were to live the way that that God intended us to live, there would be so it uh, it would eliminate like all so the many problems of the problems that we have. Yes, yeah. like so many of the problems come yeah. from selfishness or, you know. I mean, I, not, I look I mean, at my own life. I look at my own life. There's so many times where I'm like, hmm, if I would have just done the right thing in this situation, you know, like there's been times where I'm able to reflect on something I said or something I did. And I'm like, hmm, I think if I had, you know, really reflected on this before saying or doing that, like, 
so many of the issues could have been resolved. Like it's just poor choices. It's it's like that human instinct of like let's do the wrong one. Like it's and it's really it's difficult. Not even, and sometimes it's not even as as on the on the farther end of the scale of right and wrong. Sometimes it's more that we're thinking about ourselves. You know, I need to I need this for me. Yeah. I think I need to for me I need to have this in order to be happy. I need yep. to have a certain amount of this to be happy. And in order for me to have this, it means I can't give this or I don't yep. want to give this to someone yep. else. Yep. You know, whether it's our time, whether it's our money, whether it's you know whatever. So sometimes yep. it's just even just a self present. You know. We're preserving ourselves and in preserving ourselves, it means that we're ignoring those around us. You know, we can't even ignore those around us. And so that age old question of, you know, am I my brother's keeper? It's still there. I think it's it's finding the balance. It's an interesting thing to bring up now, too, because I feel like around the Christmas season, one thing I really want for my kids is to not be so like, this is what I want for Christmas. Life is about me. And I feel like if that's what my kids are doing, then I'm failing as a parent (laughs) because I'm just like, you know, whatever you get, you know, and I, and I have spoken to them, whatever you receive Christmas morning, you smile at the person that gave it to you and you say, (laughs) thank you, you know, because they put time and energy and money into you. And regardless of how you feel, you think about the heart that went into it and you with a good attitude, you say, thank you, you know, (laughs) and it's, it really is. It's like, we're so conceited and self-centered that it's like, yeah. We don't appreciate anything. We feel entitled to everything. And that gives us yeah. the spirit of like, why should I do for others when I'm not even getting what I need, you know? Yes, right. It comes back to your needs, yeah. you know? And you, I, I guess with Cain, um, I mean, it, it does, the Bible doesn't give us much details into, you know, that the conversations or type of relationship that he had with his brother. But the fact that he killed him said a lot i think the conversation god has with cain before is what gets me he says to cain you know satan is at your door Mm -hmm. do not open it you know and and he's telling him like you have an opportunity to fix this don't do the wrong thing and he immediately goes out and kills his brother so it was just like like you you look at it and you're just like wow like how did you mess up like god was telling you not to do that but yeah. i mean i see and myself I think, in that sometimes not not to that extreme obviously but no, no. you know it's like there's definitely <laughs> god being like oh don't do that and you just you keep going cuz you know best <laughs> yeah but but i it, i think he took it to the next level cuz even after he did it you know he didn't really think about it in terms of like, I killed my brother. It's like, yeah. am I my brother's keeper? Yep. You know, it was just avoiding the that, question, that having an attitude. <laughs> like, okay. But it, it, it's, it's still a question that's asked today. So as we're going through these chapters, um, maybe we can take a look and see when we, you know, when we come across those, am I my brother's keeper yeah. type of situations. Um, it also made me think of the verse, uh, that Jesus says in uh, was Matthew 22, verse 37 and 38, you know, he says, love God with the, the greatest, the two commandments boil down to, you know, loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of the, some of the things that we're going to see in 
north and south when you if when you're loving people like you love yourself the same way when you, you want to protect your family and you want your family to have you know um certain things it, you know you should, i guess it would also mean like looking at your neighbor and how can i help my neighbor have those things it's like how those things are important to me my yeah. neighbor might need that too yeah. you know but sometimes we i don't know it's you know, the world or the culture tells us that, it, especially during that time in England, you know, status, status and title were very yep. important. You know, money, um, old, uh, you know, old money had its own problems, but new money also had their, you know, their problems too, yeah. what they focused on. And so y- when you think about it, there's enough money or enough resources to go around in the world for everybody. You know, this is a God created planets you know so it's not a matter of lacking of resources but it's a matter of people's hearts and we and we see it and we see these same issues here today like i i you read these stories and it's different context different time but same problem and you know when god gave us that challenge in matthew to love your neighbor as yourself like that's a timeless challenge i mean that's still a challenge today and he's still saying do it and I, and I really, I think in so many ways, it's like, I don't think I'm doing enough. <laughs> um, right. But I think it's good to constantly have that of like, okay, how, how can I today serve? How can I yeah. be in the service, you know, of, of yeah. God and, and be able to love on others? Like I can think easily about myself. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I think it is so important to constantly remember it and actually the boys had to memorize this as one of their verses. And I, I just feel like it's one of those things that like, it has to stay there. You have to constantly be reminding yourself of it. Cause I know even for myself, it's like, I get caught up in my own to do lists and my own wants and needs that it's like, when was the last time I thought about somebody outside myself and this and my family? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we all do it. And I think uh, going back to what you said at, um, at the beginning, like if, if we as Christians, I don't know if you said, if we, if we talked about this prior to the podcast, cause we always have like a whole conversation before <laughs> we start recording, but, or if we said that already, but, um, you know, you're talking, you said like, if the church, if the body, if the body of the church were doing, um, do you remember what you said? If the body yeah, of the church- yeah, I was saying, you know, if the church actually was doing what we were called to do, I think yeah. this world would look so different because think oh how many, goodness. think how many churches and especially like where I live, there's a church like on every block. Like you'd be shocked at how many churches really? and I'm like, I'm like, wow. if these churches stepped up and did everything that we were called to do, I mean, all of us, and I'm not just yes. calling out these churches, but like no. all of us, if we all were doing as we were called to do, I really think like our communities would look different and yeah, this country would look different. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. It's, and it's, it, it's like, if you go back to the Cain example, like you mentioned, you know, God had spoke to him because um, God had said, it, it, this is in Genesis 3, verse 6, and it said, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your face fallen? And then he says, If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. The desire, its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. So here it is, God is telling him, you know, what you can do to 
to change, right? To to And it's so simple, right? It sounds so simple. Yeah. I mean, God really just simplifies it. Yeah, he does. Right. If us too, he gives us his word or he tells us the 10 commandments and It's so know, funny. So I used to have a pastor <laughs> like that where you would bring up an issue to him and his response would be so simple that it almost was like annoying because you're just like, that's too easy. Like, this is a hard problem, you know? And like, he would just give you this biblical, simple answer. And you're like, I know this has to be right, but I wanted this to be like hard. Hard and complicated. Yeah. Because like, it was this no, easy and I'm no. failing at it. That doesn't look good. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Definitely a pride issue there. But yeah. But it's like, you know, he had God talking to him directly. We have God's word, you know, to guide us too. But we, we don't always, you know, sometimes we, you know, we don't do. We, our actions says that question of am I my brother's keeper yeah you know so I don't know it, it I in reading this in reading north and south now and just you know it's kind of reflecting on Genesis chapter three you know it makes me more conscious to make sure that what am I doing to so that I'm not you know subconsciously or un, you know um not acting as someone who is saying am I my brother's keeper you know? yeah so um on that note, let's uh, delve into our north and south. Oh right? boy! <laughs> so I, th- I think where we left off, right? Um, we, we did chapter twelve, right? No, we oh, we stopped. Yeah, we started on twelve. We stopped oh, at yeah. chapter eleven. Okay. <laughs> this is where the Thorntons are are going to visit the Hales because remember, um, uh, and <laughs> this I thought this chapter was funny because Margaret's like. No one really wants to go. Like I feel like the Thorntons, Mrs. Thornton and um and her daughter, they don't want to go. And then Martin Margaret and Mrs. Really Hale, yeah, Mrs. doesn't really doesn't want them want there. <laughs> and it's like I don't understand. I mean, I guess it was society then. Like you did polite things, but it is yes. funny how nobody seemed to like want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, but they did it, right? So it's kind of like an awkward dinner. That yeah. was the most awkward dinner ever. Like, I would have just... Well, and I think because home. Mrs. Thornton is like... I, I think she she just had such a weird life. Like, I feel like she just doesn't know how to, like, socialize appropriately. Yes. So she yes. just comes across wrong. Like, and I just so feel like she makes everything uncomfortable because she's, like, yeah. stiff and kind of rude and so and then margaret too margaret has no yeah. idea how to communicate so the two of them talking to each other is just like oh recipe for disaster it's like they just keep offending each other like one says something and the one's offended the other one says something and the other one's offended and you're just like okay this is going well okay let's stop talking and go home <laughs> I, I, I did like this chapter because it did kind of tell you all about who fanny was because up until this point I actually didn't even realize that Mr. Thornton even had a sister. And then, so you kind of learn about who Fanny is. So that was important. And we realized that Fanny doesn't realize that, like, they came from nothing and that they should appreciate it. She She seems really, like, frivolous and spoiled. She's spoiled. And she's soft compared to her mom, who's this, like, pillar in her family. Fanny's just, like, you know... A nothing and it's funny because later on mrs thornton will kind of compare margaret to fanny and she just realizes her daughter is just like 
so totally yeah like she's pampered she's grown up you know john john thornton is you know he's the one that stepped in after their father died you know um worked hard built up the business made a name for himself yeah yes and you know but while he was doing that i mean they have money now but you know while he was doing that he and i think i believe mrs thornton she was working too like she had to yeah you know to work too but fanny was little so fanny didn't you know, or, or maybe you want different, you know how that is. It's like you work so hard. So you don't, you, you, you want to pamper your child. Yeah. And she doesn't have to go through that, but yeah. she is definitely nothing. Her character is definitely. I like the narrator actually said, like, you know, if you saw oh, Mrs. Thornton interacting with her children, you would think that Fanny was her favorite, but really yeah. that's not true. She just, no. she was very loving. She'd call her, you know, pet and love and all this stuff. Yeah. And she wasn't like that towards her son, but in her heart, her son was like her everything. Oh, yeah. He's the one that raised him out of poverty. And I, 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 you know, I guess that that's something, too. I think that old money, new money, you know, um, when they, you know, Mrs. Thornton is new money. um, And so she looks at her perspective on life is is a lot different than people who come from that money's always there. Yeah. You know, like the, the hails are never really, although the hails, the hails don't really come from money. Like they weren't like, no, you know, like, no. the, remember, um, Margaret was with the, with Mrs. Hale's sister. Now they came from money, but the hails were just like really country folks who well, it's you know, had a nice little home. Because Fanny says to, uh, Margaret that she wants to go to London. And she's like, Oh, I lived in London. And she's like, Oh, wow. Like that's the dream, yeah. you know? And yes. she's like, you know, mother never wants to go to London. And her mom's just like, well, well, what's for Like, what's the joy of London? Like she has money, but her mentality is just like, she doesn't go overboard. Like she has yeah. no desire to go to London and see the latest yes. fashion. And like, she doesn't care about any of that. Like none yes. of those things matter to her. Yeah. So that but was I think like probably with new money, your goal is trying to hold on to it because you never want to go back. Exactly. To being in poverty. So again. It's a big difference. So- it's not that like I have money and I just spend it. It's like I have yeah. money, but. And like even she had to take a coach to go see the Thorntons and she was like, is this really a necessary expense? And her her son was like, "Um, yeah, 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 (laughs) you can't walk it. And you, yeah, (laughs) it's a hot part of the day. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Um, But, you know, it was funny because in that chapter, I noted um, (laughs) Mrs. Thornton thinks Margaret is stuck up and she tells Fanny not to befriend her. Yeah. But, you know, she doesn't really know. At this point, she doesn't really know Margaret's character. So, you know, she's just seeing the exterior of <laughs> Margaret. Yeah, and Margaret uh, just, know- Margaret makes a terrible first impression. So we just know, like, anyone who meets her is like, ugh. <laughs> at, well, at least John and John Thornton and Mrs. Thornton <laughs> was a very bad impression. Yeah. And then, you know, she was, and some of the things she says, it's just like, oh, Margaret, stop talking. Because, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think Mrs. Thornton was like, you know, well, have you been to the factories, you know, or, you know, visit and see, since you live here now, you know, to see. What's and she was like, why would I want to do that? Do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just be polite and be like, oh, that's an idea. I, I don't know. Say something. Don't be stupid. <laughs> That's one of those you you keep that comment in your head. Yeah. <laughs> talk nope. to, talk to Margaret always feels like she needs to say it. Why, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do that? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't that didn't leave a good impression. No. 
But then um, the next chapter, we get to see Margaret goes to, to Bessie's. Yeah. And we kind of get to hear more of Bessie's story because we were introduced to her and we heard a little bit yeah. about her. But, like, why yes. is she so sick? We don't really understand all that. So in that chapter, we got to kind of understand why is Bessie the way she is. And yes. it's such a sad story because it's really her – the working conditions of these factories are so unwell – or so terribly kept, really, that – she ends up getting um, an infection in her lungs from breathing in the cotton. And it's so yes. funny because we find out that Bessie is 19 and we find out that's the same age as Margaret. But then when yeah. Bessie's telling her about, you know, all these problems, you realize Margaret's like, what are you talking about? The fluff. What is this fluff? You know, like she doesn't understand it because no. she's never had to work like that. So it's it's no. very interesting how... She's trying to understand what is Bessie talking about. And then Bessie's like, yeah, because, you know, we're we're spinning all this cotton and the fluff goes into the air and like trying to tell her what what it is. And what she's it like, means. Yeah. Oh, and, and, you know, I thought that from that chapter, that was interesting, too, because we learned that um, she that Betsy was working to support the family yeah. like and to support her dad like her dad yeah. he, she said that, like her dad loved books and lectures and her sister was and that cost money to yeah. you know to get the books and go to the lectures and her sister you know was young so she she's working getting sick in this factory for you know to take care of her family and this was this was like another example to me of where the man the head of the household was not stepping up because it's yeah. like, why is your daughter working to support you with your books? Yeah. <laughs> um, not that books are bad, you know, you know, yeah. you and I are all for books, but, but not in you that gotta take situation. care of the family. Yeah. And, and so and she ends up working in this factory and getting, you know, um, getting the cotton flux in her throat. And now she can't even work anymore. Yeah, and it's interesting because we get to see her perspective on death, and she's so looking forward to it because she's like, this life has been so terrible. Like, there's nothing to look forward to in this life for me. All I have is yeah. heaven, and it was so sad because, you know, Margaret's like, well, don't think like that. You know, you, you don't want to die because Margaret doesn't want to die. She's young. She has her whole life ahead yeah. of her, so she can't even understand why this young girl would be like, I just long for heaven, you know? It's such an interesting contrast, these two. You know what I was thinking of? Um, you remember Helen from Jane Eyre? Yeah. You know, she's yes. such a contrast to... Because Helen was sick also, yeah. right? And she was ready but for heaven. She was ready for heaven also. Although um, Bessie is loves Revelation. And I'm like, wow, of all the books in the Bible, <laughs> I know. that's her favorite one. I'm like, yep. that's the one I least read. <laughs> But that was Bessie's favorite uh, book in the Bible. But she reminded me of Helen. I thought of her because yeah. you know, they both were longing for death because they believed that there was, um, you know, life, you know, with there was, you know, you go to heaven after death. Although um, there was a, one point where Bessie was like, please, you know, like she she's like, please tell me that it's real. Like, you know, like yeah. it's got to be, you know, like, you know, this it's got to be real. Yeah. You know, all of this. Yeah. You know, there needs to be a God and there needs to be heaven. Yeah. You know, for this. Well, and I think she struggles because her father is telling her like, it's a bunch of nonsense. And so she yeah. struggles with that because, and she's like, but if I don't believe in it, 
then yeah. like this cannot be what all is there for? is you know like yes, I, yes. this is what I was born for to just yes. live like this and die and it, it's really it's so sad it is it's, it's a really sad like story and like you, if you, like what you were saying before, uh, Margaret's life is Margaret is like we said, is the same age as Bessie and Margaret lived a totally different life. I mean, in London, what do you do all day? You're doing nothing. There's yep. no working, yep. you know, there's no work. Even when she was home in the summers at, you know, in the country with her parents, there's no work. She got to draw, you know, she's in the field drawing and here it is a contrast um, where Betsy, she's working. You know, like she's out there working. So it's just such a, a contrast between those different, those lifestyles. Yeah. And in 13, though, we also learned that Mrs. Hale is sick, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> she has been sick and Mr. Hale, I, I he's uh, sometimes I, he's, a, he's an interesting character, mm-hmm. but I guess he loves his wife so much that he doesn't want to think about her being sick because he denies it. Well, and also know, like, he's used to her being this woman that complains about everything. Like he's like, yes. uh, if she was sick, we would know because she'd be telling us about it, you know? Cause <laughs> if you remember from one of the first chapters, we hear her being like, Oh, this place is, you know, there's going to be the death of me. And she's complaining how Helston is like, the air is too damp. And, you know, she's just complaining constantly. Yeah. And so yes. he's used to that type of a woman and she's not complaining. And she's not really, we, at this point, we don't even know exactly what's going on. Cause she's, she won't speak to Margaret either. She's only talking to her maid Dixon and that's it. It's the two of them. Yeah. Like, so it's like, we know that something's going on, but we, don't yes. really know is it serious and what is it yeah i thought that was um i thought that was interesting the, the contrast of of her being you know now that she is really sick she's not very whiny yeah you know? like so weird before she was you know when yeah. she wasn't sick but now it's like it's like uh i guess she's changed you know it, it changed yeah. it for the better actually yeah you know in one sense um but anyway, he, I know Margaret wants to, Margaret wants to have the doctor come, but he's like, well, he can come to see you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and if he wants to see your like mother while she's here. Yeah. <laughs> but then so, we, we um, get to see that like Mrs. Hale is starting to get sentimental because we don't know why exactly. We're like, okay, she's sick yeah. and she's being sentimental. But she finally, we finally get to find out about Frederick. I know last week or last podcast we were talking like, we get to hear that she has this brother and it's like all this suspicious stuff going on, but like, we don't know what it is. So in this chapter in 14, we finally get to hear the whole story of what happened with Frederick. Which <coughs> I was dying to know because <laughs> it was like the secret, but, and it was actually, it was good because you saw that the mom and, and, uh, Margaret were just kind of talking, you know, like she actually shared it this time. Do you want yeah. to tell Frederick's story? Yeah. So Frederick ends up causing a mutiny, I guess, on his ship yes. because the leader of the ship is completely unfair and his yeah. treatment of the men is just unacceptable. And it gets to a point where these guys are like, we're done. We're just, we're not taking orders from you anymore. And it's yeah. funny because you know, they first hear it from like the news, I guess. I don't know exactly. I guess, I, don't know, I guess the newspapers back then. Right. And, uh, you know, and it sounds like 
Frederick has done something horrible. And the parents are immediately like, that cannot be true because that's our son wouldn't do that. And then they get letters from him and he explains the whole situation of how they were, you know, this has been an ongoing problem. And they finally reached a point where they were just like, we're not going to take any more. And his parents, surprisingly, are like, he did the right thing. He was loyal to those, like, around him. And, mm. you know. Am I my brother's keeper? Yeah. Like, he felt <laughs> he like did, it was an injustice. And he felt like yes. he was doing what he thought was right. right and it's yes. really funny because it kind of reminded. Because it wasn't an injustice to him. It wasn't happening no. to him. It was to, you know. It was yeah, to, to others. Those, uh, yeah. His other, um. Uh, fellow sailors or yeah whatever, i guess so whichever um, they are it's funny though because it kind of reminded me of his father his personality right because his father yeah. his father ends up you know walking away from the church because he felt like it was the right thing to do even though it would shun him and leave him like yes. basically with nothing he felt yeah. like he had to do what was right when he was yeah. faced with this and his son, same thing happens. He's faced with this, and he feels like even though it's going to ruin his whole life, he has to do what's right. And so he does. And now he's, like, living off the grid somewhere, and he's changed yeah. his name, and they can't and see can't him. And he can't come back. And, yeah, yeah. so. Because the, the others who were with him, um, they were hanged. They yes. came to, they were tried and hanged, so he can't come back to England. Yeah. But something you said made me think about, um, maybe I'm, Maybe what I think of Mr. Hale needs to change a little bit because not for nothing, he's raised two great kids in thinking in their thinking, you know, that like if you look at Margaret's character and you look yeah. at um, Frederick, you know, I would think that the Hales, their parents had something to do with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that is true. Yeah. But so we learned, we finally learned that he can't return to England. If he does, then he's going to face, uh, hanging so that kind of ends it you feel bad for mrs hale because she's like she knows she's very sick and she's like i just want to see my son you know my firstborn child you feel a little bad for margaret because she's just like you know oh margaret you don't understand like he was my firstborn and i'm just like i mean to some (laughs) extent but i couldn't imagine saying that to my children like oh you just don't understand like that was my first baby so the rest of you just don't matter like i don't know i love you but not as much yeah you just yeah yeah like it's a different type of love this is a first child love (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean maybe that's a thing but i just i feel like i don't know I don't. Uh, I'm not sure about I all don't that. Have that yeah, I don't. I don't think I do either. So, <laughs> I mean, but also I have all boys, so maybe that makes a difference. <laughs> well, I don't. And yeah, I, I don't have the favorite things. I, I, yeah, I always remember the Cain and Abel story. Yeah. Listen, and you got the Leah and Rachel story. You know, that, yeah. that jealousy yeah. stuff. So I don't, don't need to contribute that. anything. No, definitely <laughs> not. Yeah, it's funny because your relationship <laughs> with each of your kids are different. But I wouldn't be yeah. like, well, you know, I just love this one because, you know, so that just seems weird. But anyway, so then what happens next? We have the Hales. Oh, the Hales. Yeah, they go and they visit the Thorntons now. So they have yes. to return the visit. I don't know. That's oh, all. The, yes, that's nobody crazy. wanted to go to their house. Now nobody wants to go to this house. And this just has to continue on until you die. <laughs> 
And uh, I would just not survive in that time because I'm like, I don't want to go. I want to stay home. Especially it's so funny. Maybe that's one of the home. reasons I like struggle with friendships now because it's like <laughs> I don't reciprocate a lot of the times. Like people will have me over, and it's like. Yeah, I mean, maybe one day, but I don't know. So maybe I need to, maybe I need to work on that. Like, I have to have people know. here, There's and then I go back and visit them, and you just keep doing that. <laughs> but um, it, we might be breaking some social etiquette, but I'm okay with that right now. I, I probably am. I, I'm like partially a hermit, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's interesting because so we, we kind of finally get to see where the Thorntons live because Margaret comes in and she gives you like a good sense of like what the whole house looks like. And it really yeah. doesn't surprise me because it sounds kind of cold and Yes. Sharp. I picture them having like plastic on the sofa. Yes. Like they don't (laughs) want anything dusty or dirty. So it's like all wrapped up and you don't use anything. And it's, but everything is like clean, but like too clean. And new and modern. Yeah. And there's not a lot. A house that's lived in. Yeah. You know, you kind of. You kind of picture it as like a house, like you go to a friend's house that doesn't have any kids and they have like, you know, like this beautiful like glass bowl sitting on their like, you know, coffee table. Like I don't even have a coffee table. And you walk in and you're like, wow, like it kind of reminds me something of a magazine. But like you could tell that like people don't sit on this couch unless there's company and then like there's no children. Like, I don't know. That was the feeling I got. And I was like, you know. So, but you know what I remember um, when, and maybe because again I love books, like when um, when Mr. Thornton, John Thornton, went to visit the Hales' house for the first time, he noticed one of the things he's like he noticed that like they had the books on the bookshelf and and like books laid on the on the tables, like you know, like they really yeah. do read, like they yeah. really do use See this, that. Yeah, know? that's so. my house. There's just books everywhere. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> piles of That's books my any station where i am i have books well my kindle is with me now <laughs> yeah that helps but yes yeah, so you kind of see a difference between the two families like you know and then yeah. um what is their conversation so they end up um it comes up the whole problem with the workers actually john thornton brings it up about how like he feels like they're gonna strike he he's sensing it and he's just like you know they're fools if they do this and margaret doesn't really understand it because she's never experienced this so she's just kind of like asking questions and being like well why don't you just talk with them and why don't you just treat them like humans and like they're people so and share your plan because she's like you just shared it with me remember he was like well like we i'm doing this or i'm not raising their rate i'm not raising their salaries because you know we i see in the future that there may not be like I'll need to lower costs because there may not be as much production coming out. But and she's like, well, why don't you just tell them that? You yeah. Know? I was like, why would I tell them that? You yeah. Know? And why that's would the I thing. Need to share that? She feels like maybe they now. would feel like their wages are fair if you would tell them why you're, you know, why you can't pay them more or, you know, and, yes. and he's like shocked by this idea and she thinks it's so simple, but um, so that's kind of and the, isn't it? The, it, it, it does is. seem like I thought it was right. It made sense to me. I mean, I've never run a huge company or had people like that working for me, but I just yeah. feel like even when dealing with children, you know, I, I've tried to move away from the whole, like, because I said so 
and yeah. giving them like this is the reason I need you to, to do what I need yeah. you to do like it's not like there's an option yeah. of you don't have to do it no you have to do it but this is yeah. why I need it done you know and, I think so too and I feel like that's important so anyway and even in business though but I mean that's that culture hasn't changed it's not like companies CEOs oh, are yeah, no. necessarily sharing no. everything no. they share things when it's necessary yeah I, you know I always remembered I used to work in a corporate world and whenever we had the town hall meetings, you know, then it's like, I always knew that when, when they were quote unquote sharing, mm-hmm. it's like, that's when I knew that, okay, there's going to be layoffs in a couple of months. Cause they're not telling us everything, yeah. you know, but, but then sometimes maybe if you do tell, then you can give people a chance to prepare and like, yeah. okay, if I'm going to lose my job, but in two months then I can start looking, but you know, from the business person's perspective, it's like, well, I don't want her to leave before the two months yeah. because then now I'm going to have to. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's all about that self-preservation. Yeah. My yeah. need over someone else's need. Yeah, exactly. Because I may not have an, I'm, going to have less of what I want if you get what you want exactly yep again am I my brother's keeper yeah (laughs) yeah are we our brother's keeper yeah loving our neighbors so yes they had that conversation at dinner and then in chapter 16 the doctor finally comes to visit and Wait, can I just say one yeah. thing, Shanna, before you talk? Yeah, of course. In that in that conversation, um, one of the things I wrote was Mrs. Thornton's view on reading. Like, because, you know, oh, her son yeah. is going to she miss, She completely right? snubs um, oh, my Mr. Goodness, Hale. Oh, reading the classics. Like, yeah. Oh, she's like, and what, oh. what's the importance of that? Where is that going to like, get what's him? What's the purpose He needs to focus on oh, his business. Margaret did not like that yeah. at all. She was like, how yeah. about, you know, it's, it's engaging his mind. And she's trying to, like... Talk about the benefits of reading and education, and the mother's just yes. like he doesn't need all that. She's like, no. She's like people, people. You know, she's she, Mrs. I wrote Mrs. Uh, Thornton thinks that honor among men is more important than being educated. Yep. You know, she's like people. If you go to whatever, you know, England now or London now, you know, they know my son's name. Yeah. Because of his business, yep. not because you know he's educated. Yeah. Because he's a businessman. Yeah. So I was like, oh, once was, again, these two ladies are like, you know, but I think, but you know what, Shannon, we still struggle with that now, you know, is, you know, what is an education is an education about really learning or is it a utilitarian thing where it's about, it's useful. You can only learn things that are useful for you to be a, a productive citizen in a job or oh, is it, I agree. Is I, in learning, I agree a hundred percent. I so think that thinking has not, I changed. think even now, I mean, with, with people being like, oh, well, you know, my child has a bachelor's degree or a master's or this or that. And I'm not saying it's wrong. And obviously for certain positions you have to have it but i think yes. that people who decide not to go to college and to take up a trade is looked down upon and i think even in right. our society now we're like oh you don't have a college education oh you know yeah. like it's like yeah yeah but that's but what is that's what not what i needed like what would i need right. that for you know it's like i have education it's just not in a college building you know it's like so, right. I, I, so it's true i mean we still kind of view things in that same manner of like yeah what is important like even the reading the classics, you know, like why do people read to read the classics? That's not going to help you get a job or, but, it, yeah. but no, but it can help you think it help you see, see people, see situations. And I know, don't think actually going, I don't think it. John Thornton was doing it because he had to prove anything or he felt like he needed no, an education. He wanted to genuinely I really learn. feel like he felt like he missed out. You know, he had, a, yes, he like had he to get out to of learn. school. He had to leave school to start working at a young age because his family needed yes. him. 
and he felt like I missed out. So now, now yes. he can financially do it. And I think it's kind yeah. of like, it's like a reward for himself, you know, being able to read and discuss and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, like him. I can see why, he, <laughs> I can see why he did it. <laughs> I was totally for him after that. I was like, oh yes, John. I like John. <laughs> But I didn't like the business talk with him. I didn't like his business side, but I yeah. like that he liked to be educated. <laughs> yeah. All right. So chapter 16, though, or the next chapter. Yeah, um, that's when uh, the doctor comes by. Yes. And I thought yes. that chapter was kind of weird. I don't know. I, I don't know. I got weird vibes from the doctor, but he goes in and he talks to the to the mom or whatever, and he comes out and... Uh, Mr. Hale is not there. And so Margaret's like, oh, um, you know, my father's not here. So you can tell me and I'll tell him. And he's like, oh, yes. I can't do that. You know, your mother said not to tell anyone. And she was like, you will tell me. I know. I love Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because she's not always that person, but she can be when she needs to be. Yes. And in that moment, yeah. she was like, you're not leaving this house until you tell me what's going on here. And so he, I, I didn't, he did does. Did he to tell Dixon? Like, didn't they, they wanted to share it with Dixon and not Margaret? Like, her mother yeah, didn't want yeah, her. No. Yeah, Dixon was the in with the doctor and the whole the time. service. Yeah, she stayed yeah. in there the whole time. But yeah, I yeah. thought that was really funny that, like, she was like... But then the doctor was kind of weird, and he was like, I don't know, like, uh, really attracted to her. And he was, I don't know. You that, thought so? I yeah. missed that. <laughs> Wait, to Margaret? Was attracted to Margaret or Mrs. Hale? I think he was attracted to Margaret. He was, like, talking about her, that. and he was like, oh, if I was a younger man. Oh, no. We yeah. have to read that again. I totally And I was that. like, ugh. Because <laughs> I had it. I pictured him in my head as, like, an older man. Yeah, he <laughs> definitely was. Creepy old man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> But you know what? We, <laughs> I have to go back and read that because I totally missed that. <laughs> How inappropriate, Mr. Dr. Uh, Donaldson. <laughs> Not right. Here it is. Her mom has like, just been diagnosed. Yeah, it's with like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I have to tell you, your mother's dying. But yes, if I was younger, I think we'd be dating. You know? Like, and he didn't say it to her, but he was like, talk. Like, he gets in the. In the um, stage or whatever whatever they ride in the, the stage what, yeah until i go and he's and he's like he's like oh if i was a younger man and i'm like Ugh. but anyway <laughs> but I, what i did like about that chapter other than the weird doctor was um i feel like mrs hale finally comes to some type of like she sees herself for who she is and i think that's so important she's like you know what this is what i deserve like i complained when i was mm. in helston and now yeah. I'm here. Like, you know, yeah, I feel like she finally sees, like, I was never grateful and I didn't appreciate yeah. and now I'm getting what I deserve. And not that I feel like she deserves that. I don't think no, anyone deserves no. that. But I just thought, like, wow, that's, that shows such a character growth in her to growth be, like, enough. she can see that. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm liking and her better. That, yeah. That, the that um what is it, Elizabeth Gas Gaskell, like, she showed that growth in there because she didn't have yeah. to no you know? like we she could have let her mom she... die being ridiculous and uh yeah but, but she did give her that dignity yeah um okay so we have <laughs> and and i think the last thing was dixon was not um happy that you know because she's she's usually mrs hale's confident yeah confidant, and you know now it's like margaret is taking that role 
And once again, so at the beginning, we have the father being like, oh, don't tell your mother, but this is what's going on, you know? And then yes. now we have the mother being like, well, don't tell your father, but don't this is what's going dad. on. Like, so this is important information. These two have a very interesting relationship. Weird marriage. Yeah, where weird, it's like, tell anyone but your spouse. I don't know. So that's... <laughs> or not even anyone. Tell Margaret, our daughter. Yeah. Put her in the middle of our marriage. I know. She constantly has like a difficult position. I really wouldn't want to be in that position and it's funny because no. at one point margaret thinks to herself like if i had known what i was gonna have to deal with i don't think i'd be able to deal with it but because i yeah. am dealing with it i can yeah. manage it somehow and, and i think i i mean i kind of like i connected with that i think there's so many times yeah. where i think back on a situation and i'm like wow how did i make it through that but at the same time yeah. like when you're in it you don't have time to sit and think about it so you're just doing what you need to do and then that's very true or you think, or you think about like situations like I could never live through that. Yeah, you know? and then you find yourself that you have to all your I can't never is you're like okay I can. Yeah, apparently you know, I have so. no choice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so what happened next? Um, they start striking, and Margaret yeah. gets to learn about what a strike is because she goes yeah. to the Higgins house and she's asking questions from Bessie. Yeah. And Bessie's like, I've lived through three strikes and hopefully I die before this one's over and because um, mm. I'm done with this. You know, she's like, mm -hmm. you know, nothing ever comes from it. We strike, yeah. we starve, and then we have to go back to work. And mm. she just doesn't see the point of it. And so Margaret's like, well, then why are you guys doing this? And then Nick yeah. Higgins gets annoyed because he's like, you know, if we don't, then these masters think that they can just do whatever they want. They can pay us whatever we want and we'll still just show yes. up. Um, you know what's so funny, Shannon? Or not funny, but it's like it's the same now. Yeah. You know, like nothing's changed in that aspect. No. Nothing's changed in that. No. And this, this was what, 1825, I think yeah. she wrote this. And it's um, we have not solved that problem. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, they had unions, you know, supposedly so that things would be fair and right. And the unions are like, yeah, strike. But, you know, she, Be but Bessie, Bessie union, said, like, Bessie said, like, we striked before and it didn't do anything. And then Nick is like, oh, well, you know, we had bad leadership and not everybody was on board. And some people started going back to work before the strike was yeah. over. So they didn't need us. And then people got fired because they're like, oh, you're not coming back to work. These people are. Then you're hired. And it, they were yeah. just kind of working against each other. And he's like, that's not going to happen this time. But we can see that Bessie doesn't believe it. And Margaret yeah. doesn't really know what to think because she's like in the South. No, we never did this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's new to her. So that that was interesting. She gets to understand exactly what's going and on. And later on, we see we get a little bit more insight on the union too, because I think like afterwards, like if you don't join the union, like you had to join the union, if yeah, going to work, yeah, because then you'd be kind of shunned if you didn't join yeah. the union, you know. So. And and we found out that the masters were talking about paying the workers less money than they yeah. had been getting like there's going to be a cut in pay and that's really what threw everybody over the edge it's like we're you know and they were saying like we have to afford to live and to live I mean, they, and it's right. not like these people are you know like oh i can't afford my second car like they're just talking about no. feeding their families and yeah. it's like a struggle and a lot of them had their children working 
and the husband and wife working like these were whole families yeah. working and yeah. they're still struggling yeah. to make ends meet so you really understand how dire this situation actually is it's not like they're being petty over a few dollars like this is huge to yeah. them and so this yes. is why nick is like we have to stand up for our rights but yep. then you hear bessie talking and it just seems like there's got to be a better way of doing it because it doesn't sound like it's going to work. Yeah, you know, I, I, it, it made me, again, think about, um, you know, like we still struggle with that problem. And then we, it, I, it made, I don't know if you remember the story from uh, David. It was in second, it was in first Samuel. And it was, uh, remember like the Philistines were going to attack um, Israel and David was David and like 600 of his men were sitting in the, were in a cave, uh, like at the edge of, this is when Saul was pursuing David and trying to kill him. And then, um, he was going to, I guess they were going to attack Israel, but, uh, the King said, no, we don't want David to participate because wasn't he, aren't you the same David that was like, Oh, Saul killed a thousand and David killed 10,000. Uh, and so he, they were like, no, we don't want you to help us, which was fine because David wasn't going to fight anyway against the Israels. But then if you remember, um, they did attack and, um, all of the like David's wives were taken and his kids and yeah. all the men and their children, they were taken. Right. And then anyway, they were able to get them back. Right. By the mm-hmm. grace of God. And then, but some of them, it was, there were 600 of them and 200 of them had stayed back. Yeah. And they did not, um, they did not participate in the war. And when it was time to divide up the spoils and there were some who were like, no, they weren't in the, they weren't, they weren't fighting. Mm-hmm. So they shouldn't get any of yep. the, yep. the spoils. And David said, no, you know what? It, it's whatever we have. It was, a, it's a gift from God. It came yeah. from above. Yeah. And he's like, and he made a law like going forward that that this is how things would be handled, whether you're in the war or not, you know, whatever the spoils are, we divide it for everybody. And so it, it made me think about like the business side of this, where it's like, you know, could John Thornton, could John Thornton, yes, maybe he couldn't raise their salary, but if he was better connected with the people, or just not even just John Thornton, just a businessman in general, mm-hmm. that, you know, if you understand, you can spread and help, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, it, there is a way. I don't, yeah. I can't, I'm not saying that is simple, yeah. but there is a way to help regardless of if they're at the, this level, you know, or, or whether they, you know, they didn't you know, work as hard as you so that, that you're at the point where you're a business owner. You know, what's funny though, is that Bessie tells the story at one point, I don't remember which chapter where they got these machines that clean the fluff out of the air because one of the biggest issues with these people were breathing in this, the fluff and getting infections in their lungs and dying. And so they, they created these machines that weren't helpful for anything except for to clean the air. So the masters had to pay out of their own pocket for this. And some of them, out of the goodness of their heart, were like, oh, this is the right thing to do. Paid for it. And then the workers complained because they were like, oh, the fluff is what kept my stomach from growling. You know, it filled my belly. Now you have to pay me extra money because I'm no longer getting the fluff. And so it's like, you know, to some extent you're like, if we're reasonable and rational, but then you hear a story like that and you're just like, that makes no sense at all. Like at all. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes it, even trying to be reasonable and rational. And I think that's kind of, not that I'm like saying John Thornton is right, but I think yeah. 
dealing with this day-to-day kind of like nonsense he sees so much he's seen a lot more than margaret has and being from he worked his way up so he does have some concept of being down at the bottom level of things yeah um and he feels like what he's doing is the right thing so it's difficult how much is enough but yeah Yeah. I, i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying okay so what do we have? Um, so then we, we get out- to kind of hear the conversation from the Thornton's perspective. The next chapter is Mr. Thornton talking to his mom. And at first they're talking, which it's kind of funny how um, he said something about like, oh, I wish you would like Margaret or unless you, I wish you would try to like Margaret. And she goes, why are you going to marry her? And, and he's like <laughs> laughing. He's like, she would never marry me. Like that would never happen. <laughs> Which did not answer the question. Yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, she wouldn't marry me. But, you know, it didn't answer, would he marry her? Or does he want to marry her? But anyhow, we'll save that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so then we kind of get a different perspective. So we got to hear the one side of the strike. Now we get to hear the other side. And yeah. his mother's just like, these people are so ungrateful. Like, she sees them as being yeah. so ungrateful. Like, you know. Yeah. We've always been there for you. We're offering you a job. Like, you know, like she's just kind of like, what's your problem? You know, all we're asking you to do is show up and work. You know, she just she can't understand it because even though she lived through being hungry and living on nothing, I guess because she did that and succeeded, she just feels like anybody can do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I see that mentality sometimes now. Other people have worked their way up. And when they see that other people don't, they're like, they are not doing it because they're lazy or they're not doing it. Yeah. You know, they don't see it as like, you've been blessed and you should give yes. back. They see it as yes. like, if I could pull myself up, so can that person, you know? Because all good things come from above. <coughs> so it's like, it's like, is it yours? I guess it goes back to, is it yours or is it God's? And if it's God's, and again, go back to what you were saying before, you know, if, uh, what if, what if we did do, if we all did what we were supposed to do, yeah. we probably would not have the type of, um, I know we're simplifying it, yeah. you know, cause I, I'm sure there's a lot, you know, complicated things to business, but if you, uh, I think if you did simplify it, there's no reason for anybody to be starving or, yeah. um, you know, losing their home or anything like that. When you're, when you as the owner are still doing well yep. and have um, plenty to eat, you know, something to give. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, all right. So, yeah. So they're talking about that was that was yeah. That was pretty much that whole chapter. And yeah. then the next chapter, we get to meet the character Boucher. Yeah. yeah. And that's like a such a sad story. So we kind yeah, of yes, because his we. I ahead. feel like this book gives you whiplash. It's like you get to hear the master's perspective, and you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. I get. I see. But then you hear the other side, and I think that's kind of what Margaret was experiencing because she's ha- spending time with both classes. You know, she's spending time yeah. with the Thorntons, and so she's seeing their perspective, and she's just like, huh. But then she's mm-hmm. also friends with the Higgins, and so she's getting yes. to see what it's seeing like living that life. Yeah. And yeah. So as the reader, you kind of get to experience that, too. And so now we're back with Margaret, and she's at the Higgins house, and there's a character there named Boucher, and he's like a disaster. He's falling apart. Yeah. And Well, isn't, wasn't his baby sick, or somebody yeah, was sick, he, he, and they didn't have enough money? He's afraid his wife is going to die, and his yeah. kids are starving, his wife is yeah. starving, and he's like, yes. I can't watch my whole family die in front of my eyes. Like, I can't yeah. hold out anymore. I need need money i need food i can't strike and 
Yeah. Nick is like, if you try to go back to work, like, you know, he's he's like, you're going to ruin everything for everyone. And so he's trying to talk him off a ledge and it's not yeah. really working really well. No, because he's like living this life. I mean, when it comes down to when you yeah, think he's about like, it, you're you know? he's like, I have to hear my children crying. And, and I couldn't even yeah. imagine that, like watching no. your family starve in front of yeah. your eyes. And so yeah. Nick does offer you know, okay, I'll go buy your kids some food or something. And then I think they take up a collection. I think even Margaret gave Margaret right? ends up giving money too because she yeah. feels so bad. And she ends up going home and talking to her family about it. And her mom puts together a basket. And her father yeah. promises to visit with him because he was a pastor. And I think that's still yeah. in him. You still you go and you visit with the sick and the elderly and the you know, like those yes. are kind of like your duties. Yes. And so yes. He ends up going to, you know, spend time with Boucher also. And he does yep. say to Margaret, like, I don't know if we're helping them because the longer they strike, you know, the longer this is going to go on for that they're not getting paid. And he's like, so us giving yeah. him is not, you know, it's kind of that whole proverb of like, you know, you give a man a fish and he eats for a day. You teach a man to fish and he's, you know, sufficient for his life. Um, it's kind of that is, same proverb where it's like, we're not really in the long run. He's not sure if he's helping. And you kind of have to wonder, like, what is better for them to stop striking and go back to work or letting right. them hold out? So... But see, at the moment, it's always like, well, or, but sometimes the answer isn't there, you know, it's because like at that moment, what they most needed was food. Yeah. And, and, and that's what they did for yeah. them at that moment, yeah. you know. Um, but yes, those, those questions are always there lingering, you know, and again, it's so, it's so interesting because if you didn't know the date of the story, you would, you know, it could easily be plopped into modern history. Yep. Um, and then the worst part is the next chapter. The Thorntons have that dinner party. And you're just yeah, like, yes. and, and Bessie says like, wow, so they're having a dinner party while we're all starving, you know. And and, it, and then Margaret's like, how am I going to even enjoy this knowing what's going on? Like, I shouldn't even be going. Yeah. Like, she feels so yeah, guilty. And, and yes. you kind of really, it's like they're doing this whole, and it sounds extravagant, like no expenses withheld to, to impress. And Boucher's family starving. Yes. That we got to be taking up a collection for them. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, it, it's it's such opposite worlds, such opposite worlds. But uh, the Thorntons, at least Miss Thornton, she's not thinking about, you know, she's not thinking about that. Yeah. So we are like at a, we're about... <laughs> Uh, what are we 75 minutes in um, so we didn't get to finish all of our chapters and yeah. we have a big one coming up but we can oh save that for next week oh, that um sucks. yeah <laughs> it was just so much to cover i feel like so much it like you said it, it like like you were saying like you spent so much time in each chapter there was a lot going on there was a lot going on to think about and reflect on. So, yeah, man, it was, it was hard. <laughs> you can't just read it and browse over it and just no. kind of, you know. There's, like, deep issues going on and there they are, need to be yes. discussed. And, and she does like characters. I feel like she's a little bit like Jane Austen in that she brings in a lot of people into her stories. Yeah, yeah I think she was influenced by her because she came – 
I think she came after. I keep saying yes. to you every time I yes. speak to you, I'm like, this totally book should be called Pride and Prejudice because it's a lot of Pride and Prejudice it going on in here. It definitely <laughs> is. It definitely is. And, and I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of her writing does remind me of Jane Austen and of Jane, probably right? why I love it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to stop here for the sake of time. But man, it was a big thing that happened. So, Shanna has been dying to talk about. I know. (laughs) So, I guess you're just going to have to listen to next week's. Leave you on a cliffhanger here. Shocker. (laughs) It's a shock. Unexpected. I don't know about you, but I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) I kind of forgot how it all happened. I mean, I read the book, so I had a little bit more, like, to be more prepared. But yeah. I was not. I was like, oh, is that the direction we're going to go in for that situation? Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was so loud. I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. That's an interesting way to go. uh, A simple thank you. (laughs) Thank you would have been okay. But all right, let's see where this goes. Yeah. So, I can't wait to talk about that either. It's definitely, so we'll, yeah. If, if you're reading it too. Um, then you know. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Then you know. Yeah. If you <laughs> came here not, today then. wanting to hear our opinion on that, you're going to have to wait another week. <laughs> you're going to have to wait. But, and Shanna's been waiting so patiently. I know. But, I'm um, dying. If you don't know then you have to come back next week and listen again yes (laughs) to see what we're talking about but man i thought that was like well that's uh, that was one way to go i can't remember it was a tv show there was something happened and the person did something unexpected and the character was like well that was one way to go (laughs) (laughs) yeah like okay but anyway we'll talk about that more next time but so which co- which hope- <laughs> chapters do we plan to cover next week oh my goodness what do we leave so off? we left off at chapter 20 okay. so we can go 21 so, to what would you like to go up to let's do 21 to maybe 28 I, let's slow down a little okay bit. is that okay that's fine because yeah, i'm like i think it's a it's it's not a book to to rush through yeah there's a it's it's hard to put it down but there's definitely a lot to cover so yeah. Okay. So we're doing. Uh, so let me write that down so I don't forget. Because I will forget. What do we say? Twenty-one to, to twenty-eight. Twenty-one to twenty-eight. All right. We'll try to be good. I don't know about you. I did sneak a little extra chapters. All right. So we will see everyone next week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for week, tuning in. Yes. Yay! <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Can you do us a favor? If you like this podcast, please write a good review for us on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast player. Your review or like helps others to find and listen to our podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.